What's up, Hopper Nation? Welcome back in to Hop the Props. I got Seth with me. Seth, how you doing? Chuck, good. NFL postseason is starting. Playoffs. College football ended. That might have been the worst championship game of all time. And maybe and we, your worst bet of the the podcast. Possibly season. my worst bet of the year. Now, my, my take on that after watching the game was obviously TCU, I don't think, played their best. But if TCU did play their best, they're still losing by 14. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Like, Agreed. I think that line, like, looking back at it, I just guessed wrong. Not guessed, but I looked at it, I flopped it. Because I thought Georgia was going to beat Ohio State. That one was a close one. And I thought they were, and I thought, or I thought they were going to kill Ohio State. Didn't. And then I thought it would be close to TCU. Killed them. Just the wrong side of two beats there. But, hey, moving on to the NFL. Throwing some hoops. It's the season still rolling. Still hop the prop season five. We're still doing good. I'm excited to get back out there. Yeah, I mean, combined, we ended up, I think, going going three and three last week combined, and and my my one loser was uh, this the North Dakota State team total that I missed by half a point, so that was that was tough. Yeah, but. that was hey, but congratulations to South Dakota State FCS championships. I think for the first time in in the school's history, if wow. I'm not mistaken. That's awesome. Down in Frisco, so I wanted to give them a, a good shout out. I also always, yeah. I also want to shout out the fight in Dan Campbell's because fuck yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was, that was great. We called I, it. I threw Rams plus five and a half and Lions money line, and I was loving it. Yeah, so. exactly what we said we said was going to happen was happened. The Rams covered, but they but they lost. So the Seahawks or the Lions were eliminated, but they still played really hard. They ended up beating uh, the Packers. So we love to see that. I always love to see Aaron Rodgers go home for the I'm gonna playoffs. I'm going to throw a future right now. Lions making the playoffs next year. That's a lock. Big thing to look out for, though. Their their offensive coordinator is a freaking genius, and he might get a head coaching job next year. So I don't know if that like is a big drop off. We'll see. But Ben Johnson, I think, huge I think shout out. Dude ran a, a hook and ladder like late in the fourth quarter. Did you see that? That was awesome. Yeah, I did. I think I think they take some positive steps on defense. The offense yeah. might maybe take a step back, but I think they take enough steps on defense that it propels them. Um, into the playoffs next year because I mean the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is gone based on that post game seem like it um, moment with Jamal Williams. Uh, I think some other teams in the NFC are going to regress. A couple are going to go up. 49ers, Eagles. I think are going to be pretty much the top two for a couple years to come. But don't sleep on Lions getting in there. Definitely sneaking into a spot next year. Um, but Chuck, why don't we why don't we start off with the teams that have made the playoffs this year? Um, give us your first first best bet of the week. Yeah, I'm going to try to go in in a. Uh... Chronological order, like we usually do here on the pod. So we're going to talk about the Seahawks 49ers game first. 415 kick on Saturday. The line right now is uh, 49ers minus nine and a half. I think I like the Niners there, but my my favorite play in this one is George Kittle over 41 receiving yards. So I've I've seen it hopping around, but something that that jumped out to me was. I watched this game the last time these two teams played. Um, I was actually on Seattle plus three and a half when they played on Thursday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. And, oh, I was so wrong. It was a tough watch. Um, the Niners were just kind of shredding them. Seattle couldn't seem to stop them. And especially, like, particularly George Kittle. George Kittle had, like, 90 yards receiving in that game. And I, I went in and dug dug in farther. And, and Seattle actually is the worst defense against tight ends in the NFL. Um, so I expect George Kittle to have a nice game here, I think, 40 is a low number, but he's come, you know, around that 35 receiving yards a game 
um, in the last couple. So I think that's why Vegas is setting this line. But I think Brock Purdy trusts George Kittle. I think that's a, that's a nice safety blanket for him and it's making his first playoff appearance. Um, weather's supposed to be maybe a little bad. I know Nor- Northern California is getting slammed with some rain. So could see some short stuff, some play action to George Kittle. I, I really like this play at, at 41 receiving yards. So that's that's my favorite play in this one. You know, Chuck, I'm, I'm looking at the Niners' schedule right now. Um, they're, besides the fact that they're on a 10-game win streak, seven of those games are more than a possession. So they've been winning, yeah. like not just squeaking by, not like the Vikings where every game is one possession game. Seven of these 10 games have been multiple score victories. Brock Purdy hasn't lost. Christian McCaffrey yeah. clearly is fitting in well. This team is, is functioning so well. And let's be honest, the Seahawks just came off a, a, a win that really they sh- the Rams had nothing to play for. They had Baker Mayfield. Sean McVay might leave. Like the team's in shambles, and they won an overtime by a field goal. So I think, I think Pete Carroll might get the boys going a little bit, but I think the second half of this game is just going to be an absolute bloodbath. And I expect San Francisco to run away with it. And, I like nothing more than throwing to George Kittle for over 41, too. That seems a little low. I know Brock Curry doesn't completely air it out. Like, you know, he's not like Mahomes yeah. or um, one of those guys. But, I mean, he's been efficient. He's been finding his tight ends. And we always talked about, I know in previous podcasts, young rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends. Kind of like a safety blanket for them. Yep. Little out routes with the receptions. Breaks one, and he's good. So, I like that. I like that play to start off, um, start off NFL weekend. Yeah, and and like you were saying on the Niners, I actually already threw threw a little bit of money down on them to win the NFC. I think this just sets up go. really well for them, uh, getting this Seattle game first that I think is super winnable, super easy game for them. And then, what, they get either the Vikings next or whoever comes out of the Cowboys-Buccaneers game. So I think I like them in that. And then I'm not guaranteeing that Philly even makes it to the NFC Championship. We We saw it last year where both the one seeds lost their first game. Um, the bye week just not really helping because the team comes out a little rusty. So I think there's good value on the Niners to win the NFC at plus 200. They're just on an absolute roll, and I, I don't think Brock Purdy being in there matters over Jimmy G or Trey Lance or whoever it would have been. I love Brock Purdy. No, dude, Purdy's been playing great. I've kind of been shocked as Mr. Irrelevant. I wasn't I wasn't high on him at Iowa State um, just because they he was kind of just middle of the road. They didn't win a lot of games, so I'm like, I don't really know if he's any good. Then he's come out here, and I think the Niners are so you know well rounded that you can, you can kind of put anybody in that spot. Yeah. And Shanahan, I know, I know people were talking about that way with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. I think that's a little different. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is a lot more dynamic and way better than Brock Purdy, obviously. But the Niners is just such a good system, um, easy game plan to follow, and Purdy's been doing a great job. So you can't knock the guy. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move. I know you have another bet that day as well in the Chargers Jags game. Yeah, I think we're both talking about that one, right? Beautiful. I'll, I'll lead us off. Um, so going down to Jacksonville, Florida, night game Sunday or Saturday night, seven fifteen. Jags against the Chargers. Chargers favored by two and a half on the road here. Uh, but the thing I'm looking at again, I'm looking at the props. Um, Jacksonville allows the fourth most completion or attempt pass attempts per game in the league. They also let up the fifth most passing yards per game. The Chargers average 270 yards in the air, which is third most in the NFL. And the two teams that are, have comparable defenses to Jacksonville are Tennessee and Miami. And Herbert has thrown for over 300 yards comfortably against both those teams. Herbert's over on passing yards came out at 284. 
I love the over here. I think he's going to air it out all day, especially with Keenan Allen. you got Mike Williams, got Eckler out of the backfield. A lot of weapons. Expect him to light it up against Jacksonville. I'm not promising a win here, but I think they're going to put up a decent amount of points. And it's going to be a close one down to the end. But, yeah, give me, give me over Justin Herbert, 284 yards. Yeah, something to watch out on. I think Mike Williams is a little banged up. Staley, like, it played is. all the guys last week, which was just such a Very weird move. Um, yeah. And so unnecessary. But And, of course, somebody gets banged up, which is what you hope not to happen. So watch out for that. I think Keenan Allen has a big day, but I definitely like this play because it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead into mine. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers to, to win and cover this. I, I know you said it went up to two and a half. I got it at one and a half earlier in the week. So, But either way, it's still under a field goal, so I'm taking the Chargers here. Uh, I know people like the Jags. They're a good story. I mean, going from the first overall pick to making the playoffs – but, I mean, I watched that game against Tennessee last week, and they, they almost lost to Josh Dobbs. Like, Trevor Lawrence was looked a little nervous, looked a little rattled. I mean, my guy, he's played played and won national championships, so I didn't think he would he would come out nervous and shaky, but but he did. I mean, he missed, a, he missed like, a wide-open receiver at one point in the game. So um, I'm a little worried that, I mean, both these quarterbacks, Herbert and Lawrence, are making their first NFL, first playoff start. Um, but I think I give the edge to Herbert. He's been in the legal a little bit longer, like one year longer, I guess. But, um, and I just think I, tr- I trust him a little bit more. I trust the offense a little bit more, the weapons, even without Mike Williams, I still really love Keenan Allen and Eckler. Um, ETN, obviously I love go Tigers, but, um, he can get a little banged up. He's small. Um, so I, I prefer Eckler in that matchup. So just offensively, I, I think I give the edge to the chargers and I think I give the edge def- defensively to the chargers as well. I think we finally started to see Staley, he's a defensive head coach, right? Like he's finally putting his fingerprints on that defense. Uh, they got Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa coming back, um, and playing. So I think that makes a big difference. So I think I just trust the Chargers a little bit more um, to get to get it done on the road in Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw another thing about Staley here. I was I was watching some sports. I'm watching some some ESPN today, and heard through the grapevine that Staley does not win this game there is a good chance he's going to get fired, Maybe. Yeah. which I personally think is the right move. Cause I mean, they had that, they lost against the Raiders last year to get in the playoffs um, on a questionable timeout. Or they, yeah, they almost tied them on a questionable timeout call by Staley. He played the guys last game. Mike Williams gets banged up. Doesn't make a lot of sense. There's been a couple things that he's made moves that he's made in the past year and a half that really haven't made a lot of sense, but he has a very talented team. So he's been able to get away with it. I think if he wins this game, it'll, He'll keep his job. So I honestly think he's going to go for kind of all the marbles here. I expect him to air it out. I expect him to go for it on fourth downs a couple of times because he knows this is probably it. So that's another reason why I, I like Herbert over and the Chargers to cover. So I like I like both of our plays in there, kind of back in, back in the bolts. Back in the bolts. Be, we're, we're two San Diego kids at heart, though, so we're rolling with our, our hometown team. Yeah, yeah, definitely would love to see the Chargers. I think that sets up, depending on what happens in the Bengals game, which I don't think we're going to talk about, but. Um, that that sets up a, a Mahomes Herbert rematch for the third time this year, and I would I would be very happy to see that. So I'm definitely pulling for the Chargers. I don't know, but because you know I love to see Trevor do well, obviously. But I think the Jags yeah, got fun. lucky to even be in this game. I mean, they were going to lose to Tennessee in, until they got that fumble that fumble late. Yeah, Tennessee Tennessee blew that game. I was I was in downtown Nashville, and the, the city cried a little bit. Um, but we'll, we'll move off from the Saturday games. And, hey, since we're, since we're a chronological podcast, I'm going to kind of divert us to a little college basketball that's going on on Saturday for my second lock of the week. We're going to one of the worst teams 
in America. You know who it is, Chuck? Because it's a Power 5 team. I do. I do know where this is going. The Louisville Cardinals at home against UNC. They're so bad. went to the Natty last year. Louisville is garbage. They're absolute garbage. They're 2-13, and 13, something abysmal. They're 280th in Ken Palm. And it's like a, as a Power 5 team, that's hard to do. Like they're worse than Louisiana Monroe. This team can't score. They turn the ball over like crazy. Their defense sucks. They lost. They lost. They didn't win their first game until a D two opponent came in. They lost to Bellarmine <laughs> and App State back to back to start their season. And I'm going to flash back to a couple weeks ago when Louisville played Miami. Miami and UNC are very similar teams. Miami's 16th in offensive efficiency. North Carolina's 15th. North Carolina's a little better defense, 65th, compared to Miami's 107. And then they both play about the 100 pace of play. So they, they play a little up-tempo, not crazy. Miami won this game at Louisville by 27 points. I think, I mean, North Carolina's offensive rebound with Baycott and everybody else, fantastic. Louisville is also fifth, has fifth to last in turnovers per game. They turn it over more than IUPUI and Mississippi Valley State. Like, they, they turn it over, they give a lot of second-chance opportunities. I see North Carolina scoring at least 90 points this game, and I don't see Louisville scoring 65. This line, I think it's it's at Louisville, so I think it's going to come out in the high teens, about minus 18.5, minus 19.5 in favor of UNC. Give me the points in UNC in an absolute bloodbath. I think UNC wins by 26 to 30 points Saturday night. Yeah, well, Bang. At the, at the KFC Yum Center. <laughs> the uh, Yum Center. They're There's gonna, no yumming going on for Louisville fans out here. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be frying frying some chicken up in in that one. So. Dude, they're gonna be frying Louisville up because this is yeah, pathetic. Exactly. This is this is possibly the greatest display of terrible basketball I've ever seen. Because Louisville's a it's shocking good too. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a good. Basketball it's not program. like it's Cal or Oregon State right. who also like, like when they had their. Day. It's Louisville, and they are awful. Yeah, and so. I'll be interested to see what this this line comes out at. Um, I know I, I texted you earlier today because I kind of liked Louisville plus seventeen at Clemson tonight. And as as we as we're currently speaking, they're up seven uh, early in that one. Um, so I think this line could you could get some good value because Louisville might might beat Clemson or at least play them close. Um, we'll I was see. hoping I, you mentioned that to me today, and I was I was hoping Louisville did cover today. Um, and kind of played it close against Clemson. Get that line down um, a little bit, and I think yeah, Baycott got hurt last night, so I don't know if he's gonna he's gonna give it a go on Saturday. I don't know how serious the injury is. But... I know he was out. I know he's out until or for the next two days. I think he's questionable for Saturday. But even um, I'm yeah, assuming he's still like play, it even if he doesn't play, and, and that'll like give you some some play. value with the line um, as well. You're so. get, you're given a high powered offense, a lot of opportunities, especially with turnovers and fast breaks. So I'm gonna take that every time. Yep. All right. So. What else you got? What else you got NFL-wise? We got NFL-wise, I'm going to wrap Buffalo? it up with a Buffalo. Wrap it up. First game on Sunday, going up to Buffalo, New York. We got the the um, Dolphins going to Buffalo. 13.5-point dogs for the Dolphins. And, Chuck, you, you know me. You know I am a storyline guy. Hamlin just got out of the hospital. Yep. I don't think – I think there's a small chance he goes to the game. If that man is in that stadium, it is going to be the absolute destruction of the Dolphins. And specifically, 
the destruction of Skylar Thompson and the offense. Because this this offense without Mostert's injured and two is not playing. So you've got Skylar Thompson and Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But obviously you need somebody to get the ball to Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And I don't know if Skylar Thompson is going to do it. The, Skylar Thompson has not passed for over 200 yards in any game that he's played. Highest I believe was 187. Defense is going to be buzzing. They're going to be playing. I expect this to be the best defensive performance that Buffalo has played all year. Not only because of Hamlin, it's a divisional opponent. They've seen him twice. It's a backup quarterback. I expect him to just have a day. So I've got two plays in here. I was debating which one was my favorite until about right now, but I'm going to pick my favorite at the Dolphins team under 14.5 points. The other one I was debating was Skylar Thompson under on passing yards. Um, but, I mean, if they get a bomb, they break a break us big one. Um, that's tough. So I'm going to go under 14.5. I think the Bills defense plays the game of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they shut them out or just give, leave them to, like, three points. But, I mean, I was also debating taking Buffalo minus 13. It's, it's a narrative game. And I love a good narrative game. But give me Dolphins total team under 14.5. Yeah, yeah, I love this, especially that you're getting the hook with the 14.5 number there. That's that's good value. Um, definitely like Buffalo here. It's hard to hard to argue with you. Skylar Thompson, I mean, they scored 11 points against the Jets last week. I know the Jets have a really good defense, but they're not going to be nearly as motivated. The Jets were already eliminated at that point. Like, they were just trying to play spoiler. So this is now this is a playoff matchup in Buffalo. Um, Buffalo wants to probably, you know, get some nice momentum because they're going to have to play maybe Cincinnati next. So... Um, and, and like you said, the, the Hamlin factor is, is there as well, obviously. So love, love this play. Shout out to you if you got the bills before they announced Tua was out, because this line was at like, it got as low as like nine and I tossed it in a teaser at nine. So we love to see that. Um, but now it's up to 13 and a half, like you mentioned. And even still, there's still some value in, in the bills. I think money's coming in on the bills at, at that number. They just no faith in Skylar Thompson and it's hard, hard to argue with because he, he could not seem like he could move the ball against the Jets last week. No. And, I mean, it's it's tough because, you know, I mean, he really he has been kind of put in some tough games, you know, playing the playing the Jets and the Patriots are basically his two, yeah. his two starts with some tough decent defenses. defenses. Um, but even when Tua played the Bills, the most he threw for was 234 um, yards in their win, their 19-17 win. Um so I don't know if Mike McDaniel's game plan is just not throwing the ball against the Bills because they played twice this year and two didn't even get over 200 yards um, the second game. So, but I I think that, I honestly think this game's six to 28. Like if I had to if I had to bet a number, if I bet a total score at six to 28, that's my score, which covers a lot of things. Yeah, and it'll probably be pretty cold up there in, in Buffalo. I believe I was checking the weather today. You know, just just checking. I think the high is thirty six. Okay, not thirty seven. I guess, but the high though. So, all right, I'm gonna transition. So that game's at I think one o'clock on on Sunday. So I'm gonna go to the one o'clock Eastern, baby, in Orchard Park. The one at four thirty is is interesting, Seth. We got the Giants at the Vikings. Um, Six three matchup. Giants rested their starters last week. Um, the Vikings Smart played move. some of them against the Bears and won easily because it was Nathan Peterman and the Bears. Um, shout out Bears. But <laughs> I don't know where I'm leaning on this game, so I think I'm gonna dive into the prop market again. I'm gonna go with my guy Darius Slayton. I've, I've put him in a couple props so far this year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run it back with him. Um, Forty nine and a half receiving yards. I'm gonna go over that total. 
Um, so the Vikings have the worst. They give up the most passing or passing yards per game, I, I believe, um, or yards they did, per that's pass. Correct. Either way, Very correct. Um, and they're also, I think, last against uh, wide receivers. Um, so it's been common that that receivers kind of go off against the Vikings. Um, the last time these two teams played was only two weeks ago. Daniel Jones had 334 yards, his probably his best game of the year. Um, Darius Slayton at 79. Isaiah Hodgins, I think, got up to like 80, and so did their tight end, Richie James. He all, they all got over like 75 receiving yards easily. Um, so this Vikings defense doesn't seem able to stop uh, offenses, even, even if it is Daniel Jones. Um, the reason I like Slayton over the other two um, re- receiving options I mentioned is, is Slayton's kind of their deep deep ball threat, so I think there's there's a chance that you could hit this number on one play. Uh, that's really all you need, so that's why I like the receiving yards, especially on, it's like 49 and a half right now, like I said, I think that's going to go up, so so bet this as soon as you're listening to this podcast, because I think that number is going to move up. Yeah, Chuck, I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at, the Richie James, Isaiah Hodge, I was going to talk about it if you didn't. Um, the one thing that I will I will point out is that Slayton only had six targets in that game compared to Hodgins' 12 and Richie James' 11. Now, again, I don't know if the Vikings are going to adjust their defense. Yeah, I was going to the same thing. Yeah, because both of those guys had eight receptions while Slayton had four. So, I mean, I'm not sure if this makes me like the play more or about the same, but if I'm the Vikings, I'm watching this film back, obviously, and you're gonna, they're going to see that Hodgins and James had eight receptions, both for about 90 yards. Um, might adjust their their defense and give Slayton a couple more receptions, a couple more targets. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But yeah, I'm I'm with you here. I know this is a popular upset pick. A lot of people are picking the Giants to go up to Minneapolis and beat the beat the Vikings. I it's tough because I think that three line is right where it lands. Yeah. I mean, I, Vegas has been on the Vikings this year because I've bet up a lot, and that's where all my ties have been or all my pushes have been on the Vikings when they played that, that game in Dublin or whatever, that was a push. And then I bet that giant team is that came out at three and that was another push. So Vegas seems to have the Vikings number. And if Vegas says they're going to win by three, I think they're going to win by three. Yeah. They win a lot of one possession games. So, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like that number. If it was two and a half, I would lean Vikings, and if it was three and a half, I would lean Giants. I mean, literally, like, it's, it's a coin flip for me. So, so I'm staying away from this one, but I, I do think there's some value in some of the Giants receivers. And, and you hit it right on the head. I was I was kind of thinking the same thing. Both Hodgins and Richie James, not only in the Vikings game, but just as of late, have been like trending and playing really well. So I think the Vikings are going to adjust to that, and maybe they get a little bit more attention defensively. Um, and Darius Slayton can can find some some open space on the field and and like I said I mean I don't even care like he got even with six targets he still got over forty nine and a half pretty easily easy yeah um, easily. he's like I said he's a he's a deep play guy so I, I think there's there's a ton of value either way that he could he could get this all in one catch that's all you need I I agree the Viking the Viking secondary as you said has has been a problem last in the NFL um, but. Those are all of our, our main picks there. I mean, there's two games we haven't talked about. The last last game on Sunday, the Ravens-Bengals, and then the Monday night game between the Bucks and the Cowboys. Um, we'll just go over those really quick. I know before before the show we were talking about the Ravens and if Lamar doesn't play and Huntley plays, but we still think that 8.5 number is a little big. Yeah, div- divisional playoff game, seeing a team for the third time. Um, they, these teams just played like last week. Um 
John Harbaugh. I think there's a lot of things to like about the Ravens plus eight and a half, even if, you know, I understand it's Huntley. Um, if it's Anthony Brown, definitely no. That's going to be a no for me, dog. But if it's if it's Tyler Huntley, um, I, I definitely think there's value in the eight and a half because like we talked about earlier, I mean, this game, the first time they played, granted it was with Lamar, but this – these teams play tight, and I'm not I'm not going to put too much stock into the, the Week 18 game because um, I think there was, you know, there's not as much to play for, obviously, as a playoff matchup. So I think John Harbaugh is going to have the team ready. I, I think there's value in that 8.5 number. I'm not calling for an upset, but I think I think this one's close cause, just because if it's a divisional, these teams play, you know, tough every time. Yeah, I mean, even with that, uh, that was 11-point win last time the Bengals played them. And, again, it's it's hard. You're seeing a team for the third time divisional team you've got the rivalry these games are usually close i'm probably not going to be throwing on it unless lamar i find out lamar plays and then the number might change um but yeah if i had if i was betting anything i'd probably take the ravens plus eight and a half here um and then moving on moving on to monday night i know we talked about this game a little bit i had some i had some early thoughts about it but i decided to leave it out of my out of my bets but we got dallas at going down to tampa bay so this is this was one of those games. Again, I'm a storyline guy. I'm I'm that guy. What do the Cowboys always do in the playoffs? Lose. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady has never lost the Cowboys. Yeah. He hasn't lost. And I know, and that's why the line, because it got bet down from Dallas minus three to Dallas minus two and a half. Yep. So like I know there's money coming in, sharp money coming in on the Bucks here. And that's if I was betting this game, that's what I would take. I would take Bucks plus two and a half. Because the Bucks have no running game. They, they can throw the ball, but they they just haven't looked good. Like, they have not looked good at all. But on the other hand, Dak Prescott also hasn't looked good. Yeah, that's true. So you're going to get you're gonna get the Cowboys coming into Tampa. Tom Brady always just, sums, just somehow always seems to work it out. With the exception of his last year, and this is why I'm not betting it, with his last year in New England. Do you remember they lost the Titans? Kind of, it was a bad game for him, and that's when he, that's when he left. This, I think, is Tom Brady's last year in Tampa Bay. I think the same thing could happen here, and the Cowboys go in and beat them, just like Tennessee went in and beat the Patriots in Tom Brady's last year in New Orleans or um, New England. So I'm staying away from it, but I would not be surprised if the Buccaneers win this game because that's, that's where my money would be. Yeah, I think my money would actually be on the opposite side. Again, not a lot of confidence because I don't like betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but I think for a lot of the reasons you already mentioned, right, that the Buccaneers aren't good, right? Like, are we forgetting that they're just they're just not good? Like, like I get it's Tom Brady. I get that he just doesn't lose the Cowboys. He doesn't really lose in the playoffs, period. But, I mean, this Bucks team is bad. They can't run the ball. Um, I know defensively they're pretty good, but this team was like 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and, eight and whatever it was. 8-9, 8-9, baby. They were 8-9 they the year. I mean, I know they beat. The Cowboys like week one of the season. Beat them nineteen to three. Not but putting too much stock into that one, yeah. So, but and and like you said, I know I know Dak and the Cowboys haven't been looking good so far um, as of late. But I think this is you know I kind of like to bet on a team when they haven't looked good, right? I think this is a bounce back spot potentially for them. Um, like you said, with the the well, Staley this is a point, bounce back spot for both teams. That's both true. Teams haven't looked good. That's true. Um, that's why I think it's that's why I think it's a stay away because I don't know who's going to show up. Yeah, is it is it Brady or is it the Cowboys? Brady well, there's, usually there's shows up, the Cowboys don't usually. So do, do they both show up? Do they both not show up? Do the Bucks show up? Do the Cowboys show up? There's too many there's too many questions. Too many question marks in this game. But I'm definitely watching it. But I have a feeling it's gonna be a very boring game to watch. 
that's my hunch is it's going to be a low scoring kind of 16 to 10 16 to 13 type game yeah i mean maybe the maybe the play is the under prime time that's a that's obviously a primetime game. Primetime unders. Would you love primetime time. unders here on Hop the Props? We just love unders, apparently. I feel like I want to go back and see how many unders we have bet. Yeah, I, I have all that tracked. I've been I've been tracking our bets and we're uh... beautiful. We'll uh, we'll throw that out um, maybe next pod. Get some get some stats out there to the people just so they know they know how how they're doing, how we're doing here between our friendly competition here in season season five, right? Yeah, yeah, season five. Yeah. This is episode sixteen. Um, so we're we're chugging along. We've been we've been solid this year. We've been we've been getting a lot of podcasts out, getting a lot of picks picks made. So shout out to to all of you that have been listening from with us from back in September when we started up with the college football season and the NFL season, and now we're here. College football's over. Playoffs are starting. We're gonna get deep into some hoops soon. So stay tuned. Um, Seth's got Seth's got more more hoops for sure. Always. Oh, we're thinking every uh, every week I kind of look at the college basketball slate, and there's a lot out there. We might be releasing a, a quick Hop the Hoops pod, little, you know, special feature, just 15, 20 minutes of me going over some games. Um, that We might get into that in a couple weeks because I'm super bored during the day, you know, in between school and jobs, not doing much. Um, coach some small, small fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth grade Jewish kids today at a synagogue. It was a good time. Had a great time out there. Um, but I'm, it got me in the in the hop the hoop spirits. I got home and immediately started watching basketball and hitting hitting lines. Speaking of that, I'm going to shout out our boy uh, Jack Demarco threw a three teamer today. Um, we we trailed him. He and last last leg is Tarleton State against Chicago State. I got to look at the score right now live to see how we're looking. But I, I would assume we're doing pretty well. All right, we're up by 20. Looks like we're going to cash wow. it, baby. So shout out Jack DeMarco. Just wanted to thank you for that. He's been on the pod before. We'll definitely have him back. Um, but yeah, excited for some playoffs and excited for some hoops. Yeah, well, like I said, thanks thanks for tuning in, Hopper Nation, and we'll see you next time. Uh, later.